Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You on another Thursday night. It is February the 10th. And we're going to be in part three tonight of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, It's going to probably take maybe another one. We'll see what we can get to tonight. Uh, Depends on how bogged down we get on the first topic that we're going to talk about. I left off last time talking, saying that we're going to cover the baptism for the dead. And I was about to get into it last week, and I said, "Mm, I just don't have enough time. And I wanted to do some due diligence on that. So uh, we're going to get into that first thing. But uh, I just want to welcome everybody that's watching live. Also want to welcome everybody that's going to be watching later on or listening later on to any of the podcast, different podcast platforms. So let this mind be in you ministries podcast. Look that up on any of the platforms you'd like to uh, listen to. Uh, If you got a smartphone or you have a different just an app or something like that and you're driving in your car, you can download it. You can do whatever you want to do while you're listening going down the road, and I greatly appreciate it. And if you do that, if you do listen to podcasts, let me know uh, by writing me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'd like to see that podcast thing uh, pick up potentially. Um, It's a great way to listen as you're going down the road. Yes, my dear, I've started my recorder. And uh, so my sound engineer in the other room that's putting the children down is letting me know to start the recorder. I did that the very first thing. So praise the Lord for that. But as I said, you can write me at ltmbiy at at yahoo.com, excuse me, and uh, you can go ahead and do that. I'd like to see if you you listen more to the podcast or you watch more or do you go back and watch later on um, on Let This Mind Be In You on both Facebook and YouTube if you want to watch that later on. Also, uh, there's other uh, video platforms that I'm going to try to get better at uh, downloading to. So while when I deploy, I'm going to try to start making a more concerted effort to get all my stuff that's on uh, YouTube and Facebook, which are, should mirror each other pretty much, and get them sent over to uh, my Rumble account and uh, different accounts that I have. There's also Library. Um, well, it's, all, it's known as Odyssey now. Uh, if you want to have a different streaming service, uh, just look that kind of stuff up. But uh, anyways, if you watch on Facebook and, and YouTube, and if you're watching live, make sure you drop a comment in the in the live chat, or if you want to ask a question, or if you have a prayer request, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, that way we can all uh, share in those prayer requests as well. So, all right. Any other announcements? Did I miss something? I'm feeling better. Um my, obviously, you can tell in my voice it's not like it was last week. Um, also, with getting better, uh, Sister Janet is on the Facebook side of the house. Sister Janet had the uh, uh, the, the virus, and uh, both her and I believe her husband, and she's feeling better. At least that's what I heard, and uh, so praise the Lord for that. 
Uh, I just heard somebody else that I know um, that uh, apparently was uh, uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Diagnosed or whatever uh, with the, the virus as well. So still going around. It's not going anywhere, obviously, but um, just like most viruses. But anyways, I want to welcome you here. Uh, those that are watching on, on YouTube um, – well, YouTube's just been a strange bird lately. Um, I, I've been trying to figure out what's going on, um, but the just not a whole lot of people. I think a lot of people have abandoned the uh, the platform, so to speak, or at least the ones that were listening to me. Or maybe I said something and they didn't tell me, and they don't watch anymore. Who who knows? I'm not the most controversial figure. I'm not trying to start the uh, start battles all over the place and online beefs and all this other kind of stuff. I just want to teach the word. So um, I get it. A lot of people um, want the drama. Also, a lot of people at, don't understand this, but Facebook and YouTube's algorithms are set up to where if there's more controversy, that drives more viewership, which helps them in their advertising and stuff like that. So uh, they thrive on that. They want the drama. They want the conflict. To me, I just say, hey, follow the word. So, all right. So drop me a live chat uh, in, in, the, in the chat stream or um, leave me a comment below if you're watching this later on. Um, you can always go back and watch any of the videos. Uh, they're all saved on there and until they get taken off of there, which I don't see happening anytime soon. But if it does, there's other platforms you can go to at that time. Without further ado, let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 29. Now, if we just address, if we just come to this verse um, in, out of context, or if we have in our mind that uh, baptism always means water baptism, if that's the case, then Church of Christ, the Mormons, and, and others can make a claim that this is people being baptized by water, water baptism, you know, immersion in water uh, for dead people. And they'll take that because they take this completely out of context. And the reason why I, I sort of wanted to go right into it last week was because I was like, well, what I'm going to have to do next week if I don't get breach this now is go back just so we have the proper context of everything Paul's been talking about. Should I do that? Should I just go right into it? And I said, well, I I've, didn't feel at peace really just uh, extending out. So I wanted to talk about it here in part number three, very first and foremost, this thing where we'll read it, where it says, this is very important to read it, when it says, else, what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? Why are then they baptized for the dead? Who's being baptized in this in this scenario? Obviously, it's saying people that are still walking around and that are alive. Okay? So that's the first premise. So why are people being baptized for the dead? What does that mean? Uh, well, the Mormons with their genealogies and all the different kinds of things, they absolutely, hey, Brother Matt, over on YouTube, the, they absolutely believe this is a water baptism for dead people. That's why um, 
you want to go look up your family tree, more than likely, uh, and I've been to the archives, I've actually been to Salt Lake City, and I've actually been in one of the archives. They have, in the mountains there, they have many, many things stored. But you can go into, like, libraries and different things like that, and this, this one building, I can't remember the name of the building. I went in there, and I was just starting to go, and you can start looking through your family tree. It's all there. And the purpose of that in the Mormon religion, and I'm putting air quotes around it, in the Mormon religion, they believe that you get, you can go back and find an ancestor and say, well, they weren't part of the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. Therefore, I'm going to get baptized for them. And they'll go over there to the temple and they'll get baptized in this huge, huge baptismal pool that's got, I think, 12 bowls around it that hold it up. It's either 12 or 2. I can't remember at this time. I walked through the Temple Mount or not the Temple Mount, but the temple grounds there, the square. Um, they won't allow you to go into the actual temple. Um, I don't have the right underwear on. That's a joke. Okay. But anyways, uh, the point is, is that you can't go in there, but you can go all through uh, the museum and all these other kinds of things and, and see where the Mormon Tabernacle Choir uh, does uh, sings uh, and all that kind of stuff. You can do that. And the reason why... They believe this is because they believe in water baptism for dead people. But that's not what this verse is talking about. First and foremost, what does baptism mean? Now, I took a, a few of these notes. I, I made my own notes, obviously, but um, I, I, there's a really good, uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. One of the best teachings on this to get you into the proper context is found over on Grace Ambassadors. It's a, it's a website. Now, I don't fully endorse or recommend or anything like that for grace ambassadors uh, you just look up grace ambassadors you can watch look at their uh, facebook or youtube page as well and they have a website uh, but there's a they cover this in a in a in a study where there talks about death baptism and evil communication so you can type it into the search block on the website and this will come up so i want to give them um credit where credit's due here um, it was one of the things that when i would when I had questions on this, one of the things that helped me out was to get the proper frame of mind. I knew this was not talking about water baptism, but I was just trying to just kind of get some, gather some other thoughts and see some other perspectives biblically. And um, I, can't, I stumbled across that one, and it's a great study on it. Now, once again, not fully endorsing or recommending or, or even saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that's where I found it, okay? So... So here's some of my own notes. Um, first and foremost, baptism. The, baptism in the Bible is not always water. In fact, there's probably 12 to 14 types of baptism, and only a few of them contain water in them. And I don't have time to discuss all that. We, we discussed it earlier in 1 Corinthians when we talked about and when Paul said, I, I come not to baptize and all this other kind of stuff. The point being, is that every time you come to a verse in the Bible and it says baptism, don't automatically assume that it's water baptism because it may not be. Like in this case, it is not to a degree, and we'll get to that. The word baptism uh, just really defined is just immersion, immersion for identification purposes. Um, we have a saying in the military that 
you know, um, you're you're a new recruit or something like that, and you're you're going through the boot camp kind of scenario, and you're experiencing a baptism by fire. Are we really lighting people on fire? No. Uh, is there is there you go you start a new job or you're any anywhere else, and you're you feel like you're eat, feeding through a a fire hose. You're being baptized. You're being immersed fully in a new environment in a in a new thing. That's why it's a baptism by fire. You're fully immersed in it. It's just a figure of speech. But it means immersion. Clearly it means immersion. Okay, that's what the, 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 the term baptism means. So baptism defined would be immersed for identification purposes. You're baptized by fire into the military. So you're identified now in this certain branch of the military because you've gone through their, their baptism process their immersion process of getting you fully immersed in their culture, in their identification, Air Force, Army, whatever. All right. Let's look at a um, just a simple example of when baptism does technically kind of mean water. All right. There's a, uh, for example, over in Acts 2.38, Peter preached, um, be baptized, and he did mean water baptism, for the remission of sins. Well, that sounds strange to our ears, but look over at Acts 2.38, verse number 12, where it says, And in that day did the Lord God of hosts call to weeping and to mourning and to baldness and to girding with sackcloth. And behold, joy and gladness, slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. And it was revealed in mine ears by the Lord of hosts, Surely this iniquity shall not be purged from you till ye die, saith the Lord God of hosts. He's like, look, the debauchery, even the, the children of Israel back then, they weren't believing in the one true God. They, they were just living it up. Eat, drink, be merry. For tomorrow, we die. No big deal. So in verse number 33, I, I, again, in context, when we, when we talk about evil communication that's going to come up here, it has nothing to do with saying four-letter words. Shouldn't do that, okay? Have the mouth of an ambassador, okay? However, this is not what it's talking about when it says evil communication. What has been the false doctrine that has been preached? That there's no resurrection. Therefore, he says, be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. You know, I've heard that verse, you know, use, you know, don't cuss, you know, that's not good manners and all that kind of stuff. That is not what this is talking about, although you shouldn't, right? It's talking about evil communication, denying the resurrection and all these different things. Remember, he has to address this even to the Thessalonians that they said that, well, it's a little bit slightly different, that people were trying to get people to believe the resurrection had already passed. And those now that have died, they're just worm dust. You know, they're, they're worm food. They're, they're not going to be risen from the dead. And they were shaken. They were sorrowful. They were like, oh, we missed the resurrection. Paul had addressed the church at Thessalonica to say, folks, no, these things aren't going to happen yet. And he gives a brief sum- summary of, of, of prophecy a little bit. But he said, look, I, you shouldn't be worried about this stuff. The resurrection has not passed. You will be caught up. Those who are alive and remain, the dead in Christ will rise, will be resurrected. That's where the power is. That's the importance of it. So don't be deceived. Evil communication, corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. 
But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Oh, great question. Thou fool. <laughs> I love how Paul addresses it. Like, you know, people like, oh, well, answer this really tough philosophical question. Then, Paul, what body do they come in? And he says, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. It will be changed in a moment and twinkling in an eye. He's going he's gonna to address that here in a moment. <laughs> but you're going to be seen in your body. You'll know me because you'll, you'll see me and you'll recognize me. However, it won't be this body of flesh. It'll be a new creature. It'll be a new flesh. It'll be an incorruptible flesh. And Paul says, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except to die. You, you plant a seed, you sow it in the ground, the seed's got to die and be transformed, and, it, and then it rises up. And that, verse number 37, which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. So Paul simply answering the question here. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies. Yeah. I, I love the way Paul talks because obviously this is given by inspiration of the spirit, but the the personality is coming out, okay? <laughs> the personality of Paul is definitely coming out here. He's literally kind of egging them here a little bit. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. Now, if you just read this <laughs> and you're just started with these passages, you would be completely lost if you didn't read those other passages of Scripture that we just read. You would just think that Paul's like, what is Paul talking about right here? Paul is giving it to the fools that are asking this snide, uh, snarky question. And he says, for one star differeth from one star in glory. Verse number 42, so he says, now that I've said all this, Okay, here's the, here's the answer. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. That's why you're going to put on incorruption. This flesh will be done away with and changed. It is sown in dishonor. That's why that which is in me dwelleth no good thing. This body of flesh is sinful. It is sinful. My soul and my spirit have been redeemed and sealed into the day of redemption. I'm waiting for that redemption so that this body that groans because there's that flesh versus spirit and I things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I, I shouldn't do, I end up doing. and all That is sown in dishonor. It is raised, though, in glory. Whose glory, I wonder, that is. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Oh, kind of like the power that he showed when he made a show of them openly, triumphing over death and the grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? It is sown a natural body. Remember, he addresses that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There's a natural man. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. 
See 1 Peter 3.18, Ephesians 2 for that, and Colossians 2, as we've read already. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Their first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As the as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, oh, I love this verse, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And that is why I said everything comes full circle with the idea that we are created in his image because that's what the Bible says of a body, a soul, and a spirit. These three are one. You will put on the image that you were, mankind was originally created in, in the first Adam. A perfect body, soul, and spirit. Spirit's taken care of, sealed into the day of redemption, quickened it. It's made alive, never to die again. Your soul is safe and secure in the hands of the Father and in, in Jesus' hand because you're in his body. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ right now in one day. That earthy body, this earthy body is going to put on the heavenly body. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, because that's what we are created in and sown to dishonor, that's why verse 49 is so awesome, we shall also bear the image, the image of the heavenly. I'm going to finish this up tonight. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 24. If we go a little bit over an hour, so be it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. You'll put on the heavenly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. So just a few pages over. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's keep reading down to verse number 21. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit. That's a word that says to know that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin." that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate end game, so to speak, where we one day will put on incorruption. One day it will happen because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Keep reading down back in 1 Corinthians 15. We'll finish up. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed. Not all of us will fall asleep in death, but we will all be changed because we can't inherit things in this earthy body. 
For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So then when so when this incorruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast. Don't get shaken. Don't let this evil communication over here corrupt good manners. Don't be shaken. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, Christ is risen from the dead. Therefore, your faith isn't in vain. It's not empty. Know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord because he resurrected. And that is what this passage has been talking about. So don't let anybody try to tell you that, you know, we can be baptized for dead people. Come on, folks. Don't start a whole entire doctrine over that. Yeah, I don't know about that, Debbie. I, I, I just read Romans 6.3, okay? Let's, let's go back there. I got a comment in here uh, by uh, Debbie. Romans 6.3, Know ye not that so many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Uh, the pur- she says here, The purpose of water baptism is to bring one into union with Jesus Christ, baptized into Christ. I don't see that in that verse. We're baptized into his death because we... Our, our sins, us, literally, in his body are crucified. That's what the Bible says. We are immersed fully in his death. You cannot be saved unless you've been in fully immersed in his death because his death, his burial, and his resurrection are the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. It says here that during the act of public profession of one's faith, the new believer is united with Christ. No, that happens at the moment of salvation, sister. The moment of salvation, you are in the body of Christ because you've been baptized by his spirit. One baptism. You've been, at the moment of salvation, you were sealed unto the day of redemption. It doesn't happen at water baptism. And if you're still watching, I love you, uh, but you got, you got to get that into context. So go back and listen to the rest of the, of the thing if you didn't uh, hear all of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I just can't. I, that's not... That's not the case. All right. So we're right at coming up right on an hour. If there's no other comments, I hope that addresses you. Like your, uh, your question there or your, your comment there, sister Debbie. Okay. All right. Well, I don't see any other. I'll give it a few more seconds here to see if there's any other comments. If and let's put it this way too, okay? I'm just think about this. If somebody isn't water baptized, are they not unified with Christ? If they're saved by faith in believing in his death, burial, and, resur- and resurrection for the remission of their sins, for that with a contrite heart, they're for the forgiveness of their sins, and they come as a sinner and say, 
Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And they come to Christ and said, your righteousness is the only thing that's going to save me. Lord, be merciful, save me. But they never get water baptized. Are they not unified? Are they not in Christ? Because they've never been immersed in water? No, because they've been immersed in his death. Because as I read in Ephesians, let's go back there again. Uh, Let's see. No, Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 2. I love Colossians, and maybe we should cover this again, but Colossians chapter 2. All right. All right, verse number four. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joining and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Should we all be symbolically circumcised? We are circumcised. Whether you're physically circumcised or not, it doesn't matter. Spiritually speaking, he does circumcise in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, that gives it away, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He did the work. Buried with him in baptism. Well, if it stopped right there, we wouldn't know. But it says, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Were you literally baptized into his death? Yes, you were because the scriptures keep going here. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, this is summing it up, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Why? Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way. How did he do this? Nailing it to his cross. You were baptized into his death, as Romans 6, 3 says. In other places. And then, not only nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, the principalities and powers of the world were wanting him dead. So they they crucified him. They killed him. But that's not just the principalities and powers of this world. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan thought he won. Got him. But look at the rest of the verse where it says, he made a show of them openly. How did he make a show of them openly? Not only was he crucified in front of everybody outside of the Jerusalem walls there. He was buried. Everybody knew it. But then he rose again. That's making a show of something openly. Triumphing over them in it. So I hope that helps you. Okay? If, if Look, I've said this before. If, if you want to get water baptized... And that's how you guys uh, or how your group identifies or whatever. But please don't say it's for the remission of sins. Don't say that. 
because water baptism will just get you wet. It ain't going to remit a single sin. Only Jesus Christ can remit sins. His shedding of his blood. Without the shedding of the blood, there is, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. <laughs> Whose blood? Jesus' blood, the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect blood. So it's not for the remission of sins, even though Peter was preaching that. That was in a different time for a different thing, but then more was revealed in the Apostle Paul. That's why he said, I come not to baptize. In that sense, he was not talking about, he was talking about water. So I didn't come to water baptize you guys. Look, that's done, okay? By the time Paul dies, the temple was raised in A.D. 70, or right around there. The Romans go in, and there is no more, I wonder if the, you know, what? no, the temple was destroyed. That's when I think that the that full transition happens. But uh, I hope that helps. Because there's so many people that talk about that. The purpose of water baptism is to bring one into union with Jesus Christ. I, sis, I just don't know what that means, scripturally. It doesn't say that in that verse. So uh, I hope that helps. All right, nothing over on YouTube. And I think we've exceeded our, our time here, but that's okay. I really hope that that helped you tonight. Uh, thank you, Sister Janet. I, I hope that everybody else gets a passion for God's Word as well. And to follow the Word. Stop trying to put water baptism into verse number 29, please. Goodness. Or if you want to, flush it out. I mean, be full on, you know, uh, let's, let's just do it. However, it's not what it's scripturally talking about at all. And I hope I, I showed that tonight through the scriptures. And... Uh, all right, that's it. First Corinthians chapter 16 next week. Okay. Uh, I feel I feel spent right now, folks. I'm I'm literally exhausted right now, but First Corinthians chapter 16. And um he, he's wrapping up this letter and uh we'll wrap it up hopefully next week. We'll see. And then I think we're gonna take a break. And the next time you put see me after next week would be somewhere overseas, okay? Whenever I can get that set up. So all right, love you all. Uh, it's been uh, great studying through that with you. If you want, like I said, um, kind of what helped me um, or supplemented some of my studies and stuff was uh, over there on Grace Ambassadors, um, graceambassadors.com, I believe it is, and look up, um, uh, what is it called, Death, Baptism, and Evil Communications, and you'll you'll find the readout of this and um, an audio of uh, the the guy that's teaching. But anyways, and like I said, not endorsing them, not trying to say that everything they say is correct or anything like that. It's just um, I think that very scripturally went through that and talked about this baptism for the dead and what it means. So thanks for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. And I uh, hope to see you next week. Please like, share, and subscribe. Do all that kind of stuff. But more than anything, please, please let this mind be in you. Okay? Have the mind of Christ. Follow the word today. Be a good ambassador. All right. Loving the Lord. God bless.